Good morning. Um, actually, for me, it's uh, it's good afternoon. I'm pre-recording this. It's uh, it's Thursday, but good morning. You're going to be watching it on Sunday, and uh, it's good to be with you, uh, even if it's only uh, virtually. Uh, and I'm hoping uh, that soon I'll be with you uh, in body as well as spirit. Let me share. Um, the text that I want to work with um, you this morning, give you a word uh, from the Lord. Um, what a great chapter, John 3, verses 1 through 17. And of course, uh, one of the verses I'm going to use is John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then verse 17, which I think they should be together, uh, Jesus said, I did not come to the world to condemn the world, but that through me the world might be saved. And then another verse right at the beginning is uh, uh, John 3.3. 3. And I want to show you a little bit how these connect and how important they are for our uh, preaching the gospel and living the gospel, the good news. It says, unless, truly, truly, I say to you, or I tell you the truth, unless one is born again, and, and that phrase there it can mean born anew, but the one I really like is born from above, uh, or God doing something to us. That I'm born again, but I'm, also, I'm born from above, uh, from God. Unless one is born again, or born from above, he cannot, notice the word, see, the kingdom of God. Well, again, I, I'm really thankful um, to be with you, and I'm really, really, really thankful that this pandemic is coming to an end. Uh, indeed, mourning for those who lost their lives during this horrible, horrible event uh, that's affected everybody, I think, uh, physically, psychologically, spiritually. And um, I'm just glad that we're coming out of it. And again, I hope we're coming out of it, not just to have survived, although that was important. And it's important that we're getting our vaccine and um, so that we can get back to normal. But we come out of it revived in a different place with Jesus and ready to go. Most states in the United States are open or opening up. Uh, mask mandates are being lifted. It, it looks it looks like and feels like normal. I went out today. Uh, people are going around. Uh, went to the gym. People are exercising without their masks, uh, cleaning their equipment. You know, uh, and uh, we've been out to dinner. Uh, mandates in restaurants are pretty well lifted where I am, and then in other places it, it's happening more and more. And I understand that Europe is opening up quickly. Um, that. Uh, Flights are soon to be available from the United States uh, to Europe, uh, I think in, the, in a while. Uh, I know and I've heard that uh, Father Terry, who everybody in Europe and the Philippines loves, is, is going to be flying there soon. And I believe that the Philippines will soon have the vaccine that it needs and it'll open up. And i have already looking in my calendar and looking at dates to go to Europe, to uh, be with you in Europe. Uh, uh, do a year's worth of visits in, in the two weeks or so and uh, that I'd be there and then to go to the Philippines to be with all of you and, uh, and as I promised uh, 
hopefully a couple of youth conferences, perhaps a convocation or two, and, and then time to gather and give thanks for the lives of those who died during the pandemic, like Archbishop uh, 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 Alcaraz, and to celebrate the faithfulness of God during this time. Let me say right up front that God did not send the pandemic. He didn't send it either as a punishment or as a way to draw us to him in repentance. This is not the God revealed in Jesus. In Jesus, who is the full making known of the Father. Jesus said at one point, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. In other words, if we look at how Jesus behaves, how Jesus acts, about Jesus' attitude, we've seen the Father. And what he makes known to us is the Father's love. That the Father is seeking us to, to love us and to draw us into that love. Never ever do we see Jesus reveal a God who punishes somebody with suffering, disease, or death. Nor does Jesus himself inflict suffering, disease, and death to bring about repentance. What Jesus says is that in this world we will have tribulations, and I think you get out there, sufferings, disease, and whatever, but don't worry, I've overcome the world. What Jesus does, and the reason Jesus came to us Again, is, is because the Father loved us that he sent, John 3.16 now, that he sent his, his Son. That those who are perishing, those for whom death has entered into our lives and where we're going from dust and returning to dust and perhaps to non-existence, to, to just, just be gone, he comes and enters into that and he himself enters into our death and gives us eternal life at the point of our death, that we are going to be with him forever. God so loved the world. I think we need to memorize that verse, and whenever we see these things where some, somebody's telling us that God has sent these natural disasters or, or whatever, that's, a, that's not God's love. That's not loving at all. There's no way you can even begin to say that's loving. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And what do we, so then what do we need to believe in Jesus? What do we need to believe? That whoever, whoever believes in him, there's the key to believe in Jesus. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't just mean that Jesus, to believe that Jesus once historically, uh, historically existed. Uh, you know, an atheist can believe that. And there are people who believe that Jesus was a great prophet. Uh, but what they don't believe is that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, that, that's basically the faith of, uh, of the Muslims who claim that Jesus is the greatest prophet right behind Muhammad. But then they add, God had no son. But we believe that Jesus claimed and is the Son of God. Jesus became human. 
became, is saying that God became human. You know, if we look at today's Trinity Sunday, and one of the things we can just say about, and I'm not going to try to explain the Trinity uh, at all, not even go there, that's something that you need to take a course on. And even then, I don't think you can explain it. You just have to do what, what most call the mystery of the Holy Trinity. But what we know in that mystery is that the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And the claim, the unique claim of Christianity is that Jesus is God, the only Son of God, begotten of the Father, not made, God of God, light of light, very God of very God. That's the Christian faith, that Jesus came and entered into our humanity by becoming human, God becoming human, and then taking all of it with means to be human, from, from being born in your mother's womb, conceived in your mother's womb, to, to the suffering of humanity, to the joy of humanity, to the Jesus God being a child, dependent on his mother and father, playing with other children, God of laughter, the God of joy, but the God of tragedy as well, the God who understands a mother who's lost her child, a God who understands a woman who's a single mother, like his mother. God understands what it is to be human. And he takes that humanity with him on the cross, and that humanity ascends, goes into heaven, so that when we are there before him, the God that we will see is a, a, a God of love whose hands bear the wounds for the forgiveness of sins. We will approach a God who is not sitting there that now we experience him as merciful and kind and gracious and compassionate, but when we get to heaven, he's going to judge us and be angry and cast us into hell for any sin that we didn't confess or repent of. No, we're going to meet the same God, Jesus, who's merciful. The mercy of the Lord is everlasting. And we will be judged, yes, we will, for what we've done and what we haven't done. But we will encounter those of us who believe in him. We will encounter only his mercy and compassion and his grace and his love because he's human. And as a human, Jesus sits upon the throne in heaven, still entering into the world by the Holy Spirit, still entering into our humanity. Where is he dwelling? He's dwelling in us. He's dwelling in humanity. God is inhabiting our humanity. You and me, and he obviously knows what he's inhabiting. God does not inhabit something that's evil or not good. God is inhabiting us because he loves us. And that's the mystery of the Trinity. So what does that mean? If we can get all that, and I don't want to even try to get all that theological stuff in your head, my one prayer would be you leave here this morning knowing that you're loved and forgiven. And that wherever you're at, it's a, it's a new day, it's a resurrection day. So what does it all mean? It means the Father loves you, the Father has forgiven you, the Father will never leave you or forsake you. That's what it means. It means this morning we can come into the presence of God and we will never hear 
a single word or a look of even condemnation. If you're feeling condemnation right now, that's not from God. By the way, and I don't believe it's of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit merely convicts and leads and guides. It gives correction in a way that you can hear to where you want to say thank you for that. It's not condemnation. You will never be made to feel ashamed by God. God, Adam felt ashamed. God didn't make him feel ashamed. God came and took the shame away. That's what the cross is all about, to take our shame and our guilt and our sin. Why should we be ashamed of being human? Why should we be ashamed of being who we are before God? Now we open our hearts. We pray today, Lord, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts. And I know they need to be cleansed, and believe me, God knows they need to be cleansed. By the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify our Lord your name. And then we hear the great commandment to love God and love our neighbor, recognizing that we fell short of that. We confess that sin, who we are. You know, I like some of the, the, the ones from uh, prayers of confession from the, the old rites, you know. But anyways, then we hear from the priest, we're forgiven. We're forgiven. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we're restored to righteousness in him. And he's in us and we can then break forth, empowered by the Holy Spirit because our sins have been taken away and we sing glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Not ashamed, not rejected, not hearing, oh, you'll do better this week or God, will, if you don't get better, God's going to reject you. Or abandon you. God will not reject you and he will never ever reject you. It means we have been accepted so much that Christ Jesus is in us and with us and it's because he wants to be. He's not reluctant to be in us or with us. Now how do we know that? Because we hear his voice. Basically we're following the voice of the Lord. We're going to hear his voice in scripture today. And, and hopefully you're going to hear his voice in this message that I'm bringing to you. And I hope it's his voice that I'm speaking out of things that I've been dealing with with God. A lot of this just comes out of my own prayer life and my own reading of scripture. My living with John 3.16, all my adult life living with this passage actually to the point of calling myself born again or born from above because of my relationship with Jesus, the living God. Hopefully we hear his voice. And when we hear it, when we hear it, the scripture tells us our eyes will be open to see the kingdom of God. Every person born has spiritual blindness. They blind us. And it takes Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit to heal us of our blindness. You see, you want, I always wonder, why don't the Pharisees recognize? Here's their religious, they, they read the scriptures, they pray all the time. Why is it they don't see in front of them 
who is there? And it's because all the legalism and the judgmentalism and the condemning, all those things that are not the heart of God, they turned into religion. And so they couldn't see the mercy of God. They couldn't see the grace of God. In fact, they couldn't see God when he was standing right in front of them. And they were so blind, even though they were hearing him, they would twist his words into, into condemnation, seeking ways to reject him, and finally cried out to crucify him. But he turned to others, those who would believe in him. Those who would believe, they received eyes like blind Bartimaeus on, on the side of the road. And he says, those people, my people, are those who hear my voice. Like the good, they hear the voice of the good shepherd, the one, the voice who calls our name, like, he, like the calling of the name of Mary in the garden. And she then was able to see. It's the voice of our shepherd who protects us and provides for us, a voice that is leading us every day to eternal life. And that voice tells us who Jesus is and who we are in him. That's why prayer is so important. I'm so thankful for the ministry of Bishop Elmer and Bishop Ramundo and the clergy who stayed faithful uh, um, to their bishop in the hard time of the pandemic. Those two bishops have done everything they could as fathers to bring the voice of the Lord to us through prayer and worship. Every time I go on, on my phone, I see this little notification, CEC Mendenau is online. It's either a worship service, a prayer service, an ordination, something there that, that the word of God is going forth. And uh, I can't always go on, and sometimes when I go, it's, it's really not. <laughs> I love seeing everybody sing, but it's in uh, uh, Tagalog, and I understand a variation of Tagalog that even some of the people in the Philippines don't understand, so I just watch for a while, but I know the word is getting, I can tell the word's going forth and how joyful the people are. And then Bishop Elmer, who every day has been out there online, not only to minister to the people of Europe, but over thousands of people have been reached with his message. It's not a message about him, it's a message about Jesus. And he's brought on other great preachers. Uh, I know Father Terry and Father Father Obet and, and, and Father Jim Conley and others, Father Terry Gensimer, bringing the word of God, the voice of the Lord. So why our eyes can be open? And God will continue to use those medium and continue to use those men, speaking us new ways about how to reach people who are blind. Jesus was the voice of the Lord himself. The word became flesh. And, and, and when Jesus baptism, we hear the voice of God. This is my beloved son. God speaks. This is my beloved son. And it was to do, and God says, obey him, follow him, listen to him, to believe what God was saying. What is the work of God? To believe in the one he sent. The author of Hebrews writes, in former days, God spoke through the prophets, but in these last days, God has spoken to us through a son. The question is, do you, do we, do I hear that? That Jesus is the son of God. Do we hear 
that it's all about Jesus. All the things we do on Sunday morning, whether incense or singing or hearing a scripture thread or wearing vestments or dancing, and, and all of that is so great. Processions, and uh, I particularly love going into into uh, uh, Philippines. You guys have the best acolytes in the entire Church of God, and what a blessing to watch. But all of those things are done to point to who Jesus is. And it's all about receiving his love and knowing we are loved so that we can love him back and then love each other. Pastors have to ask, do the people of God leave Sunday morning feeling corrected? They feel they have a burden laid upon them. Do they feel that they're under under pressure? Do they feel much more into uh, self-loathing or condemnation, or do they leave believing they're loved by God and God is working in them and will not give up on them, will continue to work in them? Do we believe in him and, or, or are we believing in religious formulas like the Pharisees? Nicodemus was on the right track when he approached Jesus. He was coming to Jesus to find out who Jesus is. And that's all we can do. I don't care if you come in the dark. I don't care if you come in the light. Just come. Tell Jesus what you recognize, what you know about him. Nicodemus said, we know you're a good man because of the works you do. And Jesus then offers him eternal life. And where's that eternal life? He's basically saying, Nicodemus, believe in me. If we believe this, our eyes will be open and we will see who he is. And that's what we're called to do, to hear his voice so our eyes are open to see what, who he is and what he's doing. Behold the Lamb of God, John the Baptist says. Look, see, believe, see, believe, see, receive the forgiveness of grace that the Father has given you. Thomas, touch my wounds, believe and see. Today, the priest at your Eucharist will lift up the bread and the wine that have been consecrated, have been set apart, and, have, and he will have invoked the Holy Spirit, God, to come and change this bread and this wine into the body and blood of Jesus. I believe God can do that. I don't think a priest can, but I believe God can. The priest doesn't say, I'm making this the body and blood of Jesus. He says, no, Holy Spirit. Come into this bread and wine and, and make it into the body and blood of Jesus. Believe, people. What do we need to do? Believe. And we'll see it. Not that we're going to make it into the body and blood. It's not our faith that makes it the body and blood. But our faith opens our eyes to see, to hear those, those words. This is my body. This is my blood. And then at some point, one of my favorite parts in, the, in our new sacramentary, that many of you are using. Priest lifts the hose and says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold, see, look. See him who takes away the sin of the world. Your sin, my sin, takes it away. Takes it away from us. And our response is, Lord, I am not worthy. Just like Peter in the boat, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. But say the word, let me hear the word only, and my soul will be healed.
We just respond by believing in him who is not who we are. We are worthy because he's made us worthy. We're really not worthy. We need a savior to do that. And he does. I want to invite you, not as a bishop, not as a priest, although I'm both, not as a deacon, which I still am, but as a brother and a sister in the Lord who needs the same grace and mercy that you do. I invite you to leave here today, get rid of any shame, get rid of any guilt. Leave here knowing you and everyone around you is loved by God. And then live daily in that love. Become aware of that as you silently sit with him, as you say your morning prayers, as you work throughout the day and see God in your husband or your wife or your children or the people around you in the poor. Seek, speak of Jesus out of that, out of the love that he has for you. Tell them how much they are loved and forgiven. Tell them because you know it yourself. That's how you should leave here. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. We just called upon Pentecost. The disciples, the apostles needed the power of the Holy Spirit. We just need to ask, come Holy Spirit and renew the face of the earth. Renew the church in Europe, renew the church in Asia, especially Lord, I pray as I speak to them today, renew every person sitting in the, in the, in the congregation as we open up the churches, renew those who are still at home watching on television or those who are going to see this, <clears throat> this sermon later on uh, my YouTube page. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. Renew the face of the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen.